0: Don't Start a Band podcast, episode number seven, lucky number seven. We have a backseater show coming up Sunday, October 14th. It's a benefit show for Colin and Patrick at Herman's Hideaway. The proceeds from the show will be going to Patrick and his family for his medical bills and to Colin's family as well. On this installment of the Don't Start a Band podcast, I have with me Taylor Hahn of Hahn Audio. He has recorded The Backseaters, If I Fail, The Anchor, The Burial Plot, and many, many, many more bands. He's a super nice guy, super fun, super cool, and I'm sure this podcast is going to be super awesome. So...
1: Taylor Hahn. music. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so now we're okay.
0: Power move. Can you hear me? Future's so bright. Future's so bright. Got my sunglasses on. It's a power move to let Taylor know who's the boss. We're not at Han Audio anymore. We are not, man. This is episode number seven of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Yeah. How's it going, Taylor? It's good, man. It's uh, it's cold today. It is cold today. I like it, though. I like when it gets cold.
2: I just wish we would, like, ease into it a little bit. It's like 85, and then boom, snow.
0: It was pretty drastic. Yeah. But, uh... Here's here's my philosophy on like hot and cold. Okay. See when you're super hot, you can get naked and you can still be super hot. There's nothing you can do about it, really. But if you're cold, you just put on more clothes. Yeah. And then you can get warm. So that and personally I look better in winter clothes. LGN? What? Look good naked? Look good I don't look good naked no (laughs) No, I look better with a, a sweatshirt and jeans on. Okay, you right. you look you look pretty good and everything. Oh, thank you. Yeah, did you uh did you get that summer bod you were looking for? I know you were golfing a lot. Uh, you so gotta so. have a pretty good bod to golf, to be yeah. a serious golfer. I'm not a serious golfer. It's, oh, okay. It's my hobby. Trump's Cause... a serious golfer. He's got a nice bod <laughs> for a seventy year old. Man, He might be better at golf than me though. For a 70-year-old Cheeto.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, man. He'll probably see this. Hopefully. Because you know what will happen is the queen of England, of the UK, will probably be like, yo, this kid in Colorado in your United States is calling you Cheeto. And she knows you because your record blew up in Europe. Exactly. If you listen to the podcast that Colton and I did, we're very tight with the Queen. He calls her Liz. Okay. Liz for short. All right. Queen Elizabeth Liz. She, uh, we went into this whole thing where we talked about how she uses bath bombs and, uh, listens, listens to our record and drinks wine in the bathtub. All right. So, you know, nice little vivid image we put on. You
2: should send her
0: like a backseater's robe. Oh my God. That'd be tight. Like our new shirt, it'd be all black, yeah. silky black mm-hmm. with a little ghost. There you go. We can make it super short, too, so our old cheekies can drop out the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. I haven't said anything like that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I've, kept it. I've kept it pretty cool for the first six episodes. So, But this is lucky number seven.
2: Yes, sir. I can't put my. Are you
0: feeling lucky? Why can't you put your elbows down? No, I was, I had my hands in oh. front of my mouth, and that doesn't go well. All right, you're the recording uh, guy, yeah. so. So uh, let's start from the beginning. Okay. Tell us how Mr. Han came to be. Well, it all started. Tell us about when Han was solo. <laughs> it, uh, it's actually <laughs> almost
2: twenty nine years to the day. My birthday is on Saturday.
0: You're going to be 29?
2: I'm going to be 29, yeah.
0: Damn.
2: Getting old, man.
0: See, that sounds old, but for me, like 29, you're going to be 30, but I'm going to be 25, which I never thought I'd be 25. I thought I'd be 18, and that would be it. You're not
2: going to, oh. No, man, 29. I just wouldn't
0: age after 18.
2: But most of these bands, some of these bands are giving me gray hairs already. Which ones? (laughs) (laughs) All of them. Thanks. Every single one of them. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, um, well, I think it started when, uh, I played guitar. I got a guitar when I was in fifth grade. It was an acoustic Yamaha. I got it for Christmas and had no idea how to play it or how it worked. I just thought it was cool when I hit the string and moved the tuning peg and went cool. burn, until I, uh, went way too tight and it snapped the string. And I was like, I just broke my brand new guitar. It's done. I haven't even had it for 30 minutes and it's broken. And I didn't think you could go buy new strings oh, for yeah. guitars. I was it's just like, done. it's done. It's completely broken now. And, uh, I was so pissed off cause it's Christmas day and nothing's open. So you oh, can't, yeah. can't go get new strings.
0: And that's how you learned how to play a five string guitar.
2: Yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I went into music lessons. At, it was back when Mars music was around. Um, they're out of business now. Sounds familiar. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just played guitar. Um, played a lot of punk rock, a lot of Green Day, like Mike said, and a lot of Blink-182. And just, just kept playing. And then I think it was sophomore year in high school, I met Patrick Carney, and he was in my science class. And he would always air drum, and in science class they have the like the hardwood floors.
0: Oh yes, yeah. so you can get that tap. And going. you
2: would just his feet. That's all you would hear. That's funny. And Mr. Emerson, our science teacher, was like, Patrick, stop it. And but so we just started hanging out. And his stepdad played in a band, and yeah. his stepdad was the drummer, so the drums were at the house, and the guitar players left their stuff there and we would go down when no one was home and uh pretty sure it was a Marshall JCM it was all tube and had no idea how to turn it on I was just like flipping switches uh, we would just jam we'd play like three days grace yeah and uh
0: so by sophomore year you'd learn how to play guitar pretty well yeah I think so. Decently well. Decently. Definitely. Yeah. Three Days Grace, they're the pinnacle of guitars. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's incredibly technical stuff. Yeah. And, but, uh, yeah, and we just, you know, we started playing, and then um, we started Unroyal Blood, and I think we were banned for about three, four months, and then we almost broke up. And because uh, Patrick out one of my exes, and I wasn't too happy about that.
0: Oh, shit. And
2: he was like, dude, I totally get it if you just want to find a new drummer and, you know. But long story short.
0: Uh, you never heard the guy code, huh?
2: I guess not. No. That's but code. That's okay. I forgive him.
0: I did it to Colton. Did you? Yeah, but we were in like eighth grade.
2: Oh, yeah. No, we were, I think, juniors Sorry, at that Colton. time. So, um, yeah, just was in a band and we started playing and writing songs and I think, uh, you know, we played for about four or five years. Oh, nice. It was a lot of fun. Um,
0: did you guys play with like soda jerk and stuff?
2: Yeah. That's back when, uh, it was almost impossible to get on soda jerk. Really? Like back in Jason
0: Chavez booking. No, his name was
2: Ben. And man, you had to like, I remember I would send Ben emails. He would never email me back. Really? And it, I had to physically go to a show, and I hunted him down. Damn. I found him, and I, like, cornered him. And I was like, Ben, my name's Taylor. I play in of Blood. How do we get, like, we want to play the marquee. How do we do it? And he was like, have you sent an email? And I was like, yes. Yeah. He's like, are you sure? It's the right one. And I was like, could be a dick, bro. Like, yes. You're just yeah. ignoring me. And uh, he said right then and there, he was like, well, let's set it up. How about you guys set it up? Pick three other bands that you want to play. Yeah. And we headlined our first marquee show. And I did that too. You did that? Nice.
0: Yeah. When I was a junior in high school as well. Hell yeah.
2: Um. And yeah, so we headlined it and like we sold just enough and like the band sold just enough to like pay back the night. So it wasn't like yeah. an incredibly crazy night but then uh you know ben saw that's like okay cool they promoted they did the footwork and stuff like that and then i think like a month later he messaged me and was like do you want to open for my children my bride
0: back when they would put you on uh, national act shows
2: yeah and that it was
0: not happen no mo
2: it was like sick yeah i will totally open for
0: my children my bride and then we open for dance gavin dance as well at the really mm-hmm. like when johnny craig was playing with him or had Johnny Craig already been kicked out the first time.
3: Um,
2: I want to say he was there. When did he get kicked out? I don't know. Dude's an ass. Because I think it had to have been like two thousand nine or two thousand ten when we played it. I couldn't tell you. Hmm. I don't know. But it was cool opening for them, and uh, yeah, then we played a few other shows at the Marquee and the Summit wasn't wasn't around then, which would have been cool but
0: it didn't become a thing until
2: it's like 2012.
0: Yeah. It was like 2011 or 2012. Yeah. Cause I think the first time I ever went to that place was to see, uh, I think it was to see yellow card. Ooh, nice. But yeah, I remember being like, what the hell is this place? Why are there stripper poles? But, uh, I saw a picture or something, uh, that band Rain in July, I mm-hmm. think, played there. Somebody played there, and they, like, redid it, like, new curtains and wrote, yeah. like, the moon room where the moon room is. Cool. And, um, supposedly, that's what they were doing all summer is renovating and putting new stuff in, so.
2: Yeah, I have. I need a, the marquee renovated, too, so. We'll I don't see. know what that looks like. Let's go check it out.
0: I know. I'm going to the summit to see Brian Fallon. On the 27th. Okay. And then I think on November, in November, we're going to see the Menzingers and Tiny Moving Parts. Sweet. That's awesome. Hopefully, we can book something at the marquee soon. The Summit Moon Room is tight, but the marquee is, you know, it's the marquee. It's prestigious. Yes. Yeah. Love see, it. when we played the marquee, well, when I was a junior in high school, I was in uh, my second band, Writing yeah. Right, and, write, and I emailed them a bunch of times and just asked them if we could get on a show. And then I said, fuck this. And the lady who was booking at the time, her name was Ricky. Yeah. Um, she left, yeah. went to Live Nation, and now she's booking again for all those venues, which nice. is kinda cool, but yeah. I said, all right, I need a new approach. So I just found all the bands Yeah. Got him to agree on a day and then uh, and then hit her up and I was like, hey, we want this day, these bands are playing. Yeah. It's happening. Cool. She just said, Done. Sell tickets. So Cool. Now we go through Jeff. Sweet. I haven't met Jeff yet. He's a super nice guy. Nice. But uh so is that is that where it stopped was on the Royal Blood?
2: um yeah for me it's we got to a point where it was just like i think where every band is gets sometimes and it's just like all right cool like do we take the next step and invest into you know touring and getting a van getting a trailer and you know really going after it um or you know do you break up and get a real job and you know and uh, you didn't get a
0: real job no never had a real job I mean, you're. You, don't get me wrong, the studio is like as serious as serious gets, yeah. but I ain't no real job. No,
2: definitely not. But we got to a point and uh, I decided, I was interning at a studio and going to school for it and stuff like that, and I just said, hey guys, I think this is my my final chapter with being in a band, and I'm going to go the studio route and...
0: Where did you go to school for recording?
2: I was an intern program at Spiked Audio. It was actually in Highlands Ranch, not too, not too far from where we are right now. Really?
0: So, yeah. Was it at like a guy's house or?
2: Yeah, his whole basement was completely redone. Oh damn! And makes made my studio just. Yeah. Yeah. So. Even the one now. Yeah, it's just like it was like. Did he like a glass? Wind, oh yeah, every. Uh-oh.
0: Had multiple rooms. The house. Does it seem like this is coming down? This microphone, probably. I I feel like I just keep slouching more and more and more <laughs> to get in front of it. All
2: right, and yeah, I did. I did two years with him, and that was that was pretty much my life, man. Like I remember, I had a girlfriend mm-hmm. at that moment, but like I don't ever remember really hanging out with her or. Like, literally, I would show up to that studio at, like, 9, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I would leave at, like, midnight, 1 a.m. Yeah. And I was just, like, I want to be there for everything. I don't care if a band's, like, loading in. Yeah. I just want to be there for it and just soak up as much as I can. And uh, the first, like, six months, it was just a lot of, like, just sitting and watching Sitting and watching You weren't
0: even micing anything up yet?
2: Um, we were micing drums and stuff like that, but like I hadn't ran a session or anything like that. So it was just a lot of like I remember I think I got to like the six month mark and I was just kinda like, This kind of sucks. Like I'm not doing anything like I'm gonna banish tracking and then literally one day he was like, All right. I'm going upstairs, Taylor session's
0: yours and I was like, What? Like you're just throwing me
2: to the wolves right now?
0: So I don't pay enough attention. That would be the point where I'd go. Uh, I don't know what you've been doing the past six months. Yeah,
2: no, it was. And thankfully, like I was literally like watching everything, taking notes and. See, maybe if it was recording,
0: board. I'd be a little bit better.
2: Yeah. And yeah, the I think the band, they were like a rock, like an alternative rock band. So it wasn't like something too technical. Um, just very 4-4 drums and we were tracking guitars and we were using like a line six or no it was like a boss like gt4 at the just time just going through the head just going through the pedal
0: like we're like even pedal into the interface yeah just like on.
2: like you would like a helix nowadays or an Effects. okay so but i probably sound that's pretty
0: much what we do did you re? Were you reamping nope. stuff? Thing?
2: I mean, we could, but for that session, no. Like, it probably sounds it sounds horrible. Oh damn! So, and the player was probably awesome, but I was probably really bad at. Like, yeah, oh, that was a great take. <laughs> sounds awesome.
0: You don't do that anymore. No. You're very, <laughs> you're very forward. Yep. See, even when it's a good take, the thing about Taylor is when it's a bad take, he tells you it's a bad take. And when it's a good take, instead of saying, that was good, man, he just goes, again. We're going to do that again and again. Yep. And you just do it again and again and again until you go to the next part.
2: Yeah. But that's the thing that makes you like your record six months from now. Very true. So I like everything on our record. Good. Every little bit of it every even the stick drop that
0: I forgot to take out I wasn't gonna bring that <laughs> up uh, uh, no but every uh you're very good with notes and doing here's your commercial for Han Audio oh, let's hear it Taylor is very good when you specify what you're looking to get out of your recording what you want the feeling to be and every note that you make For him uh, in the finishing stages of the process, he's very meticulous in getting you what you want and not just saying, well, I know better, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and, you know, chopping it all up. So that's where Taylor is. uh, He's a good music producer, recording engineer, and sometimes songwriter. Sometimes songwriter. But I'm only as good as you guys, so. Oh, stop. We try. You try. You guys do great. I'm pretty militant when it comes to the guys in this band and making sure. Oh, yeah. So we spend as less time recording as possible. And it's funny because David, you know, having not been in a band before this one and all that stuff, he just goes in and kills it. He does, he killed it. Yeah, he's insane. I'm excited to see what he's going to do for the next batch of songs. Okay. Because I've been kind of writing some weird stuff. All right. Like it's backseaters, Yeah, but a little weird. Like structures and stuff. So. I think it's good. You're supposed to keep changing and evolving. Yeah, I try. Uh, all right. So, what made you want to get into recording? Um,
2: I think it was... So my band, uh, we had recorded at Spiked Audio, where I ended up doing my internship. And I think we did our, like, second EP at the time. And Guitar Center had a sale on, like, a line six, two-channel. It was actually a one-channel interface. It was an instrument and an XLR. And came with, like, Ableton, I think. And I just got it because I wanted to record demos. I think it was like 70 bucks. Oh, nice. And I just wanted to, like, record riff ideas. And it just got to the point, like, like I figured out how to use Ableton, like, well enough to get a session going and get, you know, tempos and stuff like that. And I had something, like, demoed out. And I called Patrick and I said, bring your drum set over. <laughs> um, And he brought his kid over. And I called Michael, the guy who owns Spiked, and I said, hey, where can I put this one microphone that's going to sound the best to try to, you know, Mm -hmm. capture the best overall drum sound? And he told me and it was just kind of like a never ending quest to be like, how good can I make this with one
0: microphone? Damn, I should just call you if I can get the pointers for free. We talk on the phone all the time. I know. I don't know why I don't ask. And,
2: uh, yeah, it just kind of turned into that. And and then I think uh, I got a little ambitious and was like, I'm going to go get an 8-channel mic pre now. Oh, damn. And I think I bought a Personas, and it came with Cubase. I think I had the thing for, like, three weeks. And then I switched to Pro Tools. Yeah. And I was like, only because that's – I had talked to Michael – um, and, uh, he was like, well, if you're going to do the interim program, you probably want to be on pro tools. Cause that's what we're using and yeah, it'd be stupid for you to learn pro tools and then go home to something else.
0: Yeah. See my take on like, maybe this is just cause I'm a dummy, but <laughs> there's like pro tools and there's logic Yeah. and I've watched people use logic and I've used pro tools and to me pro tools is like iphone and logic is like android because logic looks very like there's just too much stuff like too many windows too many lines yeah like it bothers me yeah but like pro tools it's a little more laid out a little easier to find things yeah i I mean although i just discovered the other day for the people who are listening is probably won't make any sense but you know how when you do a fade out when you initially put it in it's just like a yeah you know diagonal line. Uh-huh. Well I learned the other day because I accidentally double clicked it how to make it like a more like a skateboard ramp. Okay yeah yeah so I learned <laughs> I learned how to do that the you can other change day the curve. That. yeah, it was pretty badass. I was pretty excited.
2: Hell yeah now I remember yeah, that's fades make all the difference. yes, so. Especially
0: um, uh, for, uh, what are my favorite things called? The Swells? Swells. The Swells. The Swells. That's going to be my next band name. The Swells? That's trademarked. It's I feel not like,
2: trademarked. I feel like you got to be like, just like a beach vibey.
0: Yeah. The Swells. It'll be like uh, snowboard, snow surfing. There, there you go. Colorado. Are you a Colorado native? I am. Born and raised, mm. huh? I've moved quite a bit, but I was I was born here. So Where else did you move to?
2: I lived in Arizona. I've lived in Texas. Is that I why was... you're tan? <laughs> no. Oh. I'm tan because I'm part Italian and I play golf outside.
0: Oh, yeah. So That explains it. Yeah.
2: I have a sweet tan line, though. From It's pretty bad. From your golf shirts?
0: Yep. I wear golf shorts, but I don't golf. Golf shorts are nice. My khaki shorts, yeah, they're uh, they're golf shorts from Walmart. They're fifteen bucks. Hell yeah, and they're super soft, but they hold stains really well. You mean like, like defend? if you get something on those shorts, they're fucked.
2: Oh really? Oh, okay, yeah. holds. Okay,
0: that's the downside to them.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, we're, we're, we kind of went off topic there for a second, but uh,
0: yeah. Reading so recording.
2: Oh, yeah. how you got into recording. Yeah. And yeah, just literally did the intern program and started with a line six and then went to a pro fire 26, it was just an eight channel mic pre and would go direct in for guitars through it and, um, yeah, record mics to it or, you know, record drum mics and stuff like that and. I think I only had like six mics at the time. So there was no spot mic on the hi-hat or the ride. And if a drummer came in with like five toms, I was like, do you really play this
0: one? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I would say.
2: <laughs> like, do, we, do I need to mic this one? Or are you not going to hit it?
0: And uh, yeah. So I know this is your podcast, but I eagerly want to tell you this story because I feel like it'll make me sound like very creative. Okay. So sorry to, you know, hijack your podcast, but the, when I first started doing backseater songs, I had an interface, but it was, it had a line to put a guitar cable, Mm -hmm. like quarter inch. Yeah. And it had one for a microphone. Yeah. And then... I think the other one was a headphone jack. Okay. And I was recording into GarageBand. Okay. So, what I did is the interface that's behind you that we use for practice. Okay. How it has the two speaker cables coming out. Yeah. So, I had those speaker cables run d- into this thing I got from Radio Shack that took two quarter inches and made one quarter inch. And I plugged that into the interface and then used all those channels to record drums with vocal mics yeah so like all that power was being shoved into that tiny little quarter inch slot and that's how i did the drums on the first uh (laughs) backseater so did it come in
2: just as a stereo channel
0: i can't remember okay but that's pretty innovative right
2: hey it's it's just summing everything into
0: into a through a tiny little, it was like a little avid interface. It came with a free trial of Pro Tools, but I was like, fuck Pro Tools, I'm gonna use GarageBand. There you go. And then I I got Studio One for a little while. Yep. And I think I recorded like the final versions of the first Backseater's demos in that. Yeah. And then I got Pro Tools and- And life has changed. I don't even know. Is Studio One good? Um
2: I mean they're all kinda they all do the same thing. Like some people are like, Oh, you have Pro Tools. It's yeah. gonna sound awesome. And it's like yeah. Pro Tools doesn't technically give you a sound. Yeah. And neither does Logic or Ableton or anything like that. They're just all they're just all DAS that are tools for making making music.
0: Da. Da. Daw, da. It's funny Sorry. when uh, I talk about recording with some people, and they say "da," because I forget what it means for half a second. Yeah, and then, uh, and then I remember. But just when I hear "da," yeah, kind of cracks me up. That's so, funny. so, you started recording, took the internship. How long was the internship?
2: It was supposed to be six months but and, you
0: didn't do anything for six months.
2: No, but it was just supposed to be like, like during this first six months, like we learned like setting up drums and like how to mic drums and how to tune drums and then like how to set up miking a guitar cabinet. So like we were still doing things, but as far as yeah. like when a session was in, I was like, uh, okay, go get batteries, <laughs> go get coffee. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, it wasn't until like the six month mark where Michael was like, All right, cool, session is yours And uh, you know, it yeah, it was supposed to be six months, but it went two years and he was just like, Hey, I enjoy having you around. You know, you work hard and it just kinda just kept going. And then eventually it's you get to a point where it's like, All right, go take everything you've learned and
0: And make it your own.
2: Go, you know.
0: That's cool, though, that he taught you, like, tuning drums and shit like that. Because, I don't know, I recorded at a professional yeah. studio, air quotes, professional. Yeah. Um, Not going to say the name. But uh, they didn't even notice. Something was fucked up. It was, like, one of my toms yeah. when I was recording drums and it was fucked up and they were saying that sounds good that's good and then i heard it listening back went and tuned the tom yeah and i was like wow i almost just fucking yeah ruined this whole entire thing so that's really cool that you're uh i know you're pretty meticulous about the tuning in general yeah i mean just that's
2: if your source sucks then yeah it's going to suck.
0: I have a book that talks about that. It's like the Zen of recording.
2: I think so. I've heard of it.
0: Yeah. Because it talks about the source, the player, and... Or the... It talks about the equipment, the player, and then who's recording it and yeah. stuff. I don't know. It's a pretty cool book.
2: Yeah, there's, you know, um, if the drums aren't in tune, you know, that's the first thing you're going to record is yeah. drums not in tune. If the player sucks and the player can't play on time, doesn't matter what microphone you put in front of that, it's yeah. not going to sound any good. Um,
0: so you and, don't really like doing the whole, you know, if a drummer can't play in time, really, you don't like adjusting that shit. That's probably pretty hard, huh? Um, do you do that a lot?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you definitely quantize. It's just the world we live in and the expectation of, of just the way we hear records now and does that
0: run through something that quantizes it or you literally have to go through every part and move, you know, snare hits and kicks. And
2: yeah, I mean, there's people's people use beat detective. I don't use beat detective Mm -hmm. anymore. That was really popular through like pro tools, like seven and eight and nine. But, um, I like elastic audio for, for moving drums. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're moving hits and kick drums and and everything, yeah. so it's it's something that gets done all the time. And some some bands, um, you know, more bands, kind of like yourself, the backseaters. It's you guys are more of an emotional band and more of it has a type of feel to it. So sometimes certain bands, when you lock them to a grid, it just doesn't sound as good anymore.
0: You're emotional, man. <laughs> Anyway,
2: yeah, but you know, some bands just sound better on on. There's a difference between being on the click and then playing with the click. Yeah. And most of the metal bands I record, you know, you got to have it snapped to a grid. You know. Yeah. i six. Definitely noticed that. Yeah. Um. But you know, some of the bands like Tommy Fried and the Sound, or like Roy Catlin, um, you know, those guys, I won't snap them to a grid most of the time. Yeah. Just because it kind of loses a little bit of a feel.
0: So, so, us, you do, like, half to the...
2: Yeah, like, I won't, you know, and David's a killer drummer already, yeah. so it's, I don't have to... He plays to...
0: with the click live now. That's like good. he plays with it all the time. Yeah. And we did some... He played without it once. I forget if it was a show or what, but uh, he said that it was just, like, didn't feel right. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's what that's what happens because i played with a click ever since i started taking drum lessons Mm -hmm. so i used it the whole time throughout every band i played with yeah and it's definitely unnerving trying to record something especially with no click yeah and like even playing live because you just worry about it the whole time so but the biggest thing with him like doing it live is i had to tell him that like I'm not the drummer yeah. so I'm trying to focus on what I'm doing yeah so like I will fit to your tempo mm-hmm. just stick to your click don't yeah. follow me because yeah. I will lead you in the wrong direction because yeah. like sometimes I get lost in the delay and all that shit mm-hmm. so I just tell them don't follow me yeah I think I tell every and band I work especially not Colton yeah just kidding
2: Every band I work with, man, I tell them the sooner you can get on a click live, you know, yeah. it changes, it changes the way your show is Definitely. so much better, so much tighter, like all the bands that you listen to and you're just like, they are yeah. so perfect live, you know what I mean? And it starts with that click track live.
0: Well, yeah, because I think the Phantom EP release show that you didn't make it to. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was in LA. Yeah, same are Sister or something. She was graduating, yeah. Yeah. Whatever.
2: (laughs) I felt so bad.
0: (laughs) Well, you should have had her postpone the (laughs) graduation. Anyway, so I think that was the first show we played where he started using the click for every song, and then we've done it all summer long. Yeah. And like our past couple of shows, like we played at Mo's. A couple weeks ago and like it was just it was there yeah it's been like almost like weirdly good yeah which inspires me to like really make sure i'm not fucking up yeah but
2: no it's good man i think i think every band should do it it just makes them makes them that much better makes it sound better makes your audience enjoy it that much more
0: and it makes it easier for recording you don't have to oh, do yeah. as many takes if you yeah. know the song have played it already to Mm -hmm. a click. Like um, some of the newer songs we're working on, like David already has his own tracks for that. So that the next time we record, you don't have to call me and I don't go, "Uh, I think it's like Yeah, I I don't know. Try it at 10 different tempos and then get back to me.
2: Uh, I think we just ended up muting your guitar and he just played it. Yeah. the... the guitar.
0: It was either found or wandered that uh, I just totally fucked up the scratch track. It didn't sound good at all. Yeah. I can't remember if for Wander, did we even do a demo for that?
2: We had to have, because I always need something yeah. to map off of.
0: I might have did but just like a quick demo.
2: I remember like AJ from the burial plot, mm-hmm. he just records straight to a click. Like, he's like, don't even give me the scratch guitar.
0: That's how I used to do it. And, like, that's what I'm trying to push David in the direction of yeah. doing is just memorizing the yeah. songs. Because, like, once you can do that, and, like, I feel like being traditionally trained on drums and, like, especially playing in jazz band. Yeah. Like, when I played in jazz band, it shows you, like, the basic beat that you're mm-hmm. playing, and then we'll just have a line where it says 12 above it. And that's just 12 bars that you have to constantly be counting in your head while you're doing little accents and shit like that Mm -hmm. so that you can see. But yeah, the counting is imperative. Yeah, And just knowing like, all right, we play this four times, this two times, and then this four more times.
2: Yeah. And yeah, yeah, AJ always comes in and he's just like, mute the guitar. I don't even want to hear it. And I was like, well, I was like, I'll mute it in your headphones, but I still need yeah. a scratch from Rob or something to, mm-hmm. just so I know where we're at.
0: Yeah. He, so. uh, I saw him a couple of weeks ago and he said that he started his, uh, he either started or was going to start playing with the click live too.
2: Yeah. I just sent him, I think it was, I think it was last month. Um, the, how many records have we done? Three, two. I think we've done two records and, I had to pull hard drives to go to the old record and built all click tracks for them, mm-hmm. and built click tracks for the the newest record we did. And yeah, he's gonna start doing it, but he's he's a machine. That dude is yeah so tight with the click.
0: Yeah, he's cool. Oh yeah, for sure. All those guys, in burial plot. Wes, I didn't know Wes was in another band.
2: Sun Survivor, yeah.
0: Yeah, they played at that for the Fallen Dream show. I think oh, it yeah. was them. Yeah. But, and, and he yeah,
2: owns the Brutal Poodle.
0: He owns it? Yeah. He is the owner? Yeah. And then, does Rob work there? I think Rob just hangs out there all the time. Oh, he does? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Denver is dope. Yeah. At first, I thought, it, like, that's his real name, right? Like, Denver is his last name? I think so. See, I thought that was just, like, a, like a hardcore band yeah. guy thing, like... Rob Denver. Yep. Jake Denver. Yeah. But that's that's pretty fucking dope.
2: Flows so well.
0: But yeah, all those guys are cool as fuck. Hell yeah. Um I'm not gonna ask you what some of your favorite bands you've recorded are, because if you don't say my band, I'm gonna have <laughs> hurt feelings. So uh, I'm just gonna I guess name like the heavy hitters of people you've recorded. Like, really give yourself some clout right now. Be like, I touch this record, this record, this record.
2: Um, Well, I think every record I do, it's... I want to make it as perfect as possible. Yeah. And every band I work with, no matter if they're a, you know they have one to two songs that they've just written in their garage, or if they're, you know, going on tour for the next three months, it's every record I do. It's, we want to make sure it yeah sounds the way it's supposed to. And Little side
0: note, the 10 miles South. Yeah. Uh, single that they released. Yeah. It was dope. They oh, sent yeah. it to me. I really like it. Hell
2: yeah. Yeah. They're awesome dudes. Um, but yeah, I mean, every record I do is, you know, I want to make sure it's, it sounds as good as it can. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like I said, my biggest thing is you want to make a record that's going to stand up against time. And it's not just going to sound cool for, yeah. you know, a week or two. Because once, I always tell bands, it's like the excitement part of it. Like when you first record a record, you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. this is my band. I'm hearing myself
0: back. Shit every time I get mixes back.
2: Yeah. and But again, that fades after a while. And then you go, oh. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> well, good. Um, I like hearing myself. But that will fade after a while, and then you start to hear like, oh, maybe maybe I should have done that different, or I yeah. wish we would have did that. And you know, and my thing is just like, hey, this is supposed to sound good six months from now, and mm-hmm. a year from now. And my biggest thing is I never want to have a band hand their disc to somebody, and they go, hey, let me explain something before yeah. you listen to it. Track Not five. Me. I was sick, you know. So. Yeah. We have- I was
0: sick when we recorded vocals for Vend Maybe. I mean, I was like just getting over yeah. the cold, but I was drinking that uh. That Starbucks drink, the medicine ball. I was bringing that. Uh, I brought that when we did vocals. It was like that Starbucks tea. There's a video of me walking in with it, uh, right. pricing something. Uh, what's the word? Profane. Probably. Profane. Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> Walking in Cocaine. with my, my sunglasses and my Starbucks.
2: Yep. So basic, white girl.
0: Do you get your pumpkin spice latte? Basic as fuck. You should just... I have put together a pretty good folder of outtakes from have the you? recording process. Oh, man. <laughs> There's definitely some things I forgot <laughs> that I said. Oh, that was a good week. Um, but mean, no. I don't think I can release it. Oh, okay. Like, I don't think people can see that. Yeah. I think everything that... It's not, like, bad to where people would hate me, Yeah, per se. They would just go, oh, oh, okay, um, okay. Because, like, in the backseaters, I don't even say bad words in the songs. And mm. I've been really trying not to say bad words live, too. Yeah. But... Podcast, I drop them F's. Yeah, you do. i don't yeah. give it F, man. Um, but yeah, the anyway, clout. Um, bands you've recorded, drop them names. Drop them names. Um, well, the Backseaters, obviously. I should have wore one of your shirts tonight. I need to give you a new one.
2: I'm down. Um,
0: they're like tight. Ooh, make your chesticles
2: like tool tight, because that's. Sh- Sh-medium. That's how I like them.
0: Yeah, kinda. Okay. I don't know. They make me look good. I wear a large now. Yeah. So it, if I look good, you're going to look pretty good. Oh, thanks. You're a good looking dude. Thanks. Annika. I don't know. She says that I have a man type. Okay. And usually they're blonde, but I feel like with your chiseled jaw and everything that like <laughs> you would probably fit into that. I'll ask her okay. after this, but I think she'd probably agree that you're probably my type.
2: Okay. Hmm. I seem to only uh, get attention from married women and swole dudes at the gym. So.
0: Like attention, attention? Not like attention, oh. attention, but. But like attention, attention from married women?
2: Yeah. And my buddy Matt, he was <laughs> like. Dirty, dirty, dog, He was like, uh, not, I'm not doing anything about it. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, anyways, not important. But, uh, yeah, we keep going off track. That's um,
0: okay. It's my podcast. I can it is. Mm. Fuck. I want talk about what I want.
2: Wait till you get a producer one day.
0: Oh shit. And then he tells me what to do. Yeah. I always just think of Wayne's world. When yep. I think of someone coming in and like changing things. Yep. Like someone's going to make a fake studio of my basement.
2: Yeah. And you're going to have cue cards. Someone's <laughs> going to hold them up and you're going to be like, uh. Osfactor
0: says what? <laughs> what's funny is i always like people always notice it but when they say something like (coughs) something like oh did you bring (coughs) did you bring microphones i always say i didn't even bring a microphone because he has that part where he says um i don't even own a gun yeah let alone enough guns to necessitate a whole rack yeah Uh. Wayne's World such
2: a classic. Yeah. Okay, heavy hitters. Um, I I mean, like I said, every band I think is every band's awesome in their own way. Um, I think it just comes down to how well you promote your record and how hard you want it in the end. So, I mean, the bands I've always done really well promoting. I mean, everyone knows like the anchor Mm -hmm. is on the social media side kills it. And they kill Shout it on out every to the anchor. What's up? Shout out. Yes. to the Yes. Um, you know, they, the way they run their social media and just how they set up their tours and stuff like that. You know, they are, you know, what I think right now in the world we live in on a local level, bands should try to model that as much as possible, just how they promote and, and how they attack the social media side. Cause that's,
0: they kill it for sure. Yeah,
2: and that's that's the world we live in, yeah. whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah, the I mean, the way you've explained it to me and the way it looks from the outside is like they are basically the product of what will survive nowadays yeah. because they have their self-sustaining thing that mm-hmm. Like, it generates its own revenue and just goes in that circle. They yeah. generate the revenue, spend it on this, yep. you know. So, they're, like, the ideal thing for a record company to pick up if they choose to sign to a record company, which, I mean, a lot of bands are getting out of contracts nowadays. Like yeah. the main being as an ocean, a day to remember. Like, yeah. all these bands are going label-less.
2: I mean, it's not like the old days where... Um, it. the connections to people are so much easier now through social media Yeah, and you can just, you know, send emails and phone calls now and you don't need someone, you know,
0: most of it's distribution, I think. When... Yeah.
2: A lot of people sign distribution deals. Yeah. Um, and I always like, my new joke is just like bands in general are just t-shirt companies that play music. Basically. You know, it's like you make all your money off merch and, you know, playing shows and stuff like that. And, you know, with things like Spotify and Apple Music and stuff like that, there's not a lot of, on a local level and on, like, an indie level, just the money isn't there as much for buying music.
0: I think it's, like, 0.0006 cents for every listen. Yeah. Like, not even barely even a decimal yeah
2: so which you know it sucks but that's it's the world we live in and do you that,
0: still buy cds and stuff
2: man i haven't best buy doesn't even sell cds anymore. i know i, think, I
0: went into best buy the other night looking for the new death cap for cutie and yeah. story so far this little kid, <laughs> <laughs> this young man yeah was standing at the front i walk in And, uh, he goes, Hey, can I help you find anything? And I said, yeah, I need, um, I'm looking for your CDs. And he goes, you mean like the ones you put stuff on? And I said, no, the ones that already have stuff on them and are in the package already. And he goes, Oh, we don't sell those anymore. Yeah. You still buy those? And I just went, thanks. Thanks. And left the building. Yeah. But uh, I I think Target is... uh, Oh, theirs is...
2: They're the only ones
0: that are... They're Fallen by the Wayside, too, though. Like, every time I go in there, it's, like, the um, greatest hits of this band. You know the ones that it'll have a picture of the band, Mm -hmm. and then it has, like, their name in the gray, and... um, Yeah. Yeah, it's just greatest hits. And then, you know, whoever's at the top.
2: Yeah. Yeah, hey man, I can't, I don't know. I can't think of, like, the last CD that I actually bought in, like, Best Buy or Store.
0: I don't remember. So, do you buy music on Apple or do you mostly just stream?
2: Mostly just stream. Um, it's just... You're a real piece of work, you know that? I know. <laughs> um, I have, you know, I'll definitely... Um, I have a few records on on Apple and iTunes, but not many people know this. But iTunes is gonna go music buying list next year.
0: Get the fuck out yeah, of here! I, what do you mean music buying list? Like you can't buy everything's it. Everything's gonna, go gonna go have streaming. To stream yeah, everything's going on streaming. Apple
2: Music. Yeah, like iTunes. Like where you Get physically? The, like,
0: so what's gonna happen? to All the music I already have purchased.
2: It will stay in your library, but you just won't have. Like, you won't be able to just physically just own a buy that song. You just
0: ruined my fucking night. <laughs> Jesus.
2: Everything's going streaming, man. Yeah. Or vinyl.
0: Vinyl's back. And cassettes. Big. You know, cassettes never sounded good. No. I know it's like a memorabilia thing, yeah. but like I've listened to Tom Petty's Full Moon Fever on, uh, on tape. Yeah. And on a CD. Yeah. And CD's still better. Oh, yeah. The tape sucks, yeah. God, I cannot believe that. Yeah, I
2: think this uh, last time, last I read was I think, yeah, 2019,
0: they were gonna go. So, do you think bands are just gonna stop putting out physical copies altogether? Um, n- uh, or do you think they'll still make them and only sell them on tours?
2: I think, I mean, if I was a band in 2018. That would be my, my like, that's that would be my game plan of like, yeah. all right, we're gonna go streaming, and we'll do a run of three, four hundred, and if people want to buy them, like on our like on a website or something, yeah, and you can physically email, you know, not email, <laughs> send them a CD, mm-hmm. you know, that would be the route I would go, but, yeah. you know, and to have them at local shows and and stuff like that, but. Yeah, everything is Spotify. I mean, it's the same with the movie business, too. You look at Netflix.
0: You know what's funny is it's actually going to save me money because I do this thing where I will pre-order, like, okay, Death Cab for Cutie, for instance. Their new album, Thank You for Today, I pre-ordered it Mm -hmm. on iTunes. Yeah. Purchased it and then bought the physical copy of the CD and then... I'm gonna buy the vinyl as yeah. well, All right. <laughs> it'll cut one of those uh, ten-dollar copies out of there. Yeah, I just like. I figure if I keep buying the shit, they'll keep making it. I know that's not the truth, but yeah,
2: but not man. It's when people can just unlock their phone and go to Spotify now and be like, "Ooh, Jay Z's not
0: on Spotify." Some artists are not, you know. Taylor Swift wasn't for a while. Fuck Taylor Swift. She decided to have a Denver show the night of our Phantom EP release show. Fuck you, Taylor Swift. Oh, shit. Uh, Low battery. How low are we talking here?
2: Probably at 10 or 20%.
0: Do you think if we just... I don't know. I'm thinking right now. Cause my phone's gonna die. If my phone dies, is YouTube just gonna cut this whole thing or is it gonna post it? I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen and I really don't wanna chance it. So, for the YouTube viewer, I wanna say two things. One, tell me how you like the side view cause I'm thinking about doing this from now on. What do you think of the side view as opposed to the head on? view like that and uh, also if you want to hear the rest of this interview it'll be on Apple Music and Google or not Apple Music f- Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music yeah, so, yeah. I just don't want to fuck up this much of the video that we already have so thank you for watching and for the listeners keep listening yes we'll be right back just kidding we're not going to you just hit the X. That's right. That's how all of them end. With me going like this. <laughs> Somebody watched it for two hours. Nice. Holy shit. People care. Sorry. <clears> throat> anyway. Throat> damn, you really fucked me up with that, uh... The Apple music? Yeah. Not being able to... Buy the, uh... buy records yeah it fucks me up dude see the thing is though regardless of whatever happens i will always get physical copies made for my bands because i think i talked about it in one of the podcasts but there's no better feeling for me than when those cds come in the mail and like You spend this much money making the record, getting the artwork, doing all this shit, and then being able Mm -hmm. to hold that physical copy. Like, I mean, shit gets frustrating towards the end of that process. Mm -hmm. You know how. Yeah. I mean, I have fucking gray hair. It happens. But, like, when I held that physical copy, I was like, everything's cool. Yep. So. Except for the sticks. Except for the sticks. Except for the sticks that I screwed up take
2: Full responsibility for it.
0: That's okay. David didn't care. I guess I should just leave that to him because he—he's uh, the drummer. So it felt appropriate. It made it seem human. So much music. You just to... say that
2: because no. you forgot to take it out. No, so much. Like I just did the Panoramic's new record,
0: and Colton those... shot the music video for that. Did you hear that? Did he really? Yeah, him and his boys uh, shot their music video.
2: Why didn't he tell me that?
0: I don't know. That's cool though. It I don't think we awesome. put the two worlds together until I was like, Taylor recorded that and you did the music video. Huh. That's
2: dope. Yeah. No, that yeah. came out awesome. Um, but yeah, no. On the panoramic record, like we, I left a part where, in one of the songs, we were reamping, and like the feedback that came from the amp, I was just like, I'm just gonna leave it. Yeah. Sounds sick. And it's like it's in the middle of the song. It's not like it's mm-hmm. the end of the song where it's dramatic. Like, I'm pretty sure there's like a drum fill happening. Yeah. And you still just hear the.
1: Sounds cool. It's know. human.
2: Oh, man. It's human. Music is.
0: That's true, I guess.
2: Nowadays, it's so unhuman. So.
0: Well, yeah. I would say so, definitely. There are some aspects that are uh, not human for sure. But would you say like playing with, like the pedals I use, like doing chorus, reverb, delay, and stuff? Does that make it not human? Because technically, I'm still playing it and putting it together. No, I think together. it's
2: no. It's so human. It's you know, because again, it's they're all tools that help create yeah. the sound. What I mean is like, some of the records we listen to, man, they're so produced and so. Oh yeah, you know, quantized and on the grid, and which it's they sound cool and they have a cool sound for it, um, and I think there's certain bands where it really, you know, like we were talking earlier, it's like some bands sound better on the grid, mm-hmm. and then some bands just sound better playing with the click, yeah, you know, and and yeah, so for the panoramic panoramic record, we really just wanted to make it sound like you were in a room with them but in a high definition way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you play live, you know, other than your volume knob. Yeah. You know, or if you have a noise gate, you know, you're gonna that's gonna get turned off. Um but it's still not like you still have the humming of from your amp, you know, lightly. Of course. That's pretty
0: badass though for a heavier band nowadays, right?
2: I think so. I think it was cool and everyone that I think it's cool I mean it's everyone's loving the Panoramic record so shout out to you guys and shout out to Colton for doing the video because it it looks awesome
0: yeah the whole uh, the recording sounds great the video looks great yeah
2: we did there's one song I can't remember the name of it Um, but literally the there's a part in the song where we wanted to make it feel like someone was captured yeah and they were tied up So Jason volunteered, we literally sat him in a chair and Stefan took a microphone cable, wrapped it around his neck, wrapped it around his mouth and pulled back on it and we recorded him screaming.
0: (laughs) Jesus, should have done like a necktie.
2: Yeah, we just had to make it sound like someone was screaming for their life in a back room and came out killer. Yeah. So
0: I'm to have to listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie, you made me feel like kind of talented slash important yeah. when we were recording the backseaters because you told me you're like, all right, you got the delay on, you're using this, you're using that. You got to play this perfectly yeah. because you can't go in and tweak it really. Yeah. Like
2: your guitars didn't get quantized. Yeah. Cause I, it's like, see, I
0: think that's badass.
2: You can't like, once I start, like if I start elastic audioing, well, you especially know,
0: the Ebo too. Yeah.
2: Like fate, like if you're using a phaser pedal or like a delay and it has a certain time to it. Mm-hmm. If I start nudging something, it's going to, you know, yeah. Mess something else up. So it was just one of those things of like, all right, you're playing to the click. Yeah. And you have to play it well. And if you play it wrong, you're going to hear it, which is why I was like,
0: cool again. Yeah. And again, I think it was badass. Yeah. But, uh, for the people who haven't seen the making of the Phantom EP, what was it like working with the backseaters? You can be honest.
2: It sucked. It was the worst
0: Those guys week of my life.
2: No, I'm just kidding. No, man, you guys are a blast. It's, um, I mean, you always. You always have something stupid and hilarious at the same time yeah, to say. I so do my best. You, you do good. And then David's just so quiet. It's just like, yeah, that no, sounds good. I like it. And then, yeah, Colton is just, he holds it down. Yeah. So.
0: He's very, I don't know that I've ever seen Colton, like, freak out. Yeah. Like, get uh. out of sorts, I guess. Yeah. He's always just like cool and collected. Yeah, I think it comes from all the camping trips he takes by himself. Because well, he's like, got
2: to do that with you as band dad.
0: What do you mean? I'm just kidding.
2: Because I freak out. And yeah, because you got to be the stable one. Lose your mind, and it's just like
0: the introvert kid.
2: It's okay. I was the same thing, man. I can't tell you how many times I screamed at Patrick.
0: It's awkward doing that, like, especially like when you've been friends with them for years and years.
2: I think it makes it okay. Yeah. Yeah, but I remember there was one show we played. I'm calling Patrick out on it right now, so I love you, bro. Um, I think, and drummers do this all the time, but he like changed a part of the song like on the fly live. Yeah. And it like threw us all off, and we had practice like a couple days later, and he didn't show up for it, and I drove to his house. Oh shit. And he was playing video (laughs) games, (laughs) and I was. Just, at, I'm sure I said a bunch of just colorful words at that time. And I was just like,
0: what the F, bro?
2: Like, we need to practice. Like, you need to practice. You're screwing up at shows. And he was like, oh, I'm messing up that bad. Why don't you just find a new drummer? I was like, and then I remember Justin was with us, with me, a guitar player. And I was like, you know what? Fine. Maybe we will. Oh, and it was Jesus. like, just like a total, like, high school, just blow up meltdown and then did you guys
0: all have seen out hair Ah, he did he did
2: because i used to scream at him because i would like load ins at five and he would have to straighten his hair and he'd be late oh damn like dude it was 2008 bro
0: i know i had fucking long hair in 2008 yeah i was never allowed to do the whole scene thing oh yeah no patrick shout out to my mom for never letting me do that yeah um thank you yeah, he would
2: always straighten his hair for the shows, and he wore tight pants. And
0: I still wear tight pants. I mean,
2: yeah. But it was like, that was like the girl pants
0: yeah. phase. Mike and I talked about that, how. Oh, yeah. New, yeah, guys used to wear girls. Pants. <clears throat> I never did that. I can say I never did that. So. Yeah, I never.
2: I bought like the Hot Topic jeans, and those were like my stage yeah. jeans. Cause they
0: were a little flexible. I wore hot topic jeans for a while as well.
2: Yeah. So.
0: But anyway, recording the back seaters, it was fun.
2: It was a great time. Um, like I said, you guys are, um, it's fun recording bands that, that want it and that want to actually do something with it. And, um, you know, cause there's, there's some people I record, um, where it's, uh, You know, it's. I always ask, every time a band comes into my studio, I'm like, hey, what's the goal? You know, what's the end goal here for this record? You know, do we want to tour the world and be famous rock stars and blow up in Europe? And I have two rap guys in Europe right now that are killing it, actually. Really? DJ Zenus and Roman. So shout out to you guys in Europe. They're in Vienna right now. Um, But no, it's, you know, I always ask every band, it's like, what's the end goal, you know? are we making a record just to make a record? Cause then that's going to change more how I produce it and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, for the bands that are like, Hey, no, we want to be marketable. And, you know, um, so it's like, cool. that's well, sweet. Let's, why is this intro 45 seconds long? You yeah. know why, you know, let's cut this in half, cut that in half, shorten it. And, and that's the biggest thing I think locally with some bands, it's like, it's not a question of like, if it's a bad song, it's more of just arrangements. And, and my band was i mean back in the day we're like just break down sick let's play it for 32 bars
0: oh damn
2: you know and it's just like stupid yeah um, but you know there's... a lot of
0: bands do that where it goes into the breakdown and then it cuts that half time yeah. and then cuts that half time
2: yeah. like oh now i can do it on the china and then we could switch to the
0: yeah floor tom and you know and it, it's interesting
2: it happens all the time and that's why i always ask it's just like all right what's the goal for the record here guys yeah you know um obviously when i have i call them viking metal bands but i record some um just the like european amana style oh, okay. bands and, yeah. you know they have seven minute songs but that's that's the style of the genre you know what i mean yeah. so i'm not gonna
0: As long Mm -hmm. as that's what they're going for. Yeah, you know I mean? That's why I was asked. It's just
2: like, you know, what are we going for here, guys? Um, You know, then you have bands like, you know, the Anchor, If I Fail, you guys that are, you know, they want to be marketable. And, you know, you want to have songs that get to the chorus soon. And, you know, they're not long extended intros that are, you know. I push it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, you... (laughs) Your songs come in at like five and a half minutes, and then by the time we're done with the record, it's
0: we've gotten it to like three and a half.
2: Yeah. So, but that's okay. That's what's supposed to happen.
0: So. Yeah, that latest demo I sent you, I uh, I just wasn't even keeping track of how many bars of each thing I was doing. Yeah.
2: but that's okay because it's still in the writing phase. And exactly. You know, still getting
0: there. Yeah.
2: Um, actually, I totally forgot the initial question, but.
0: Working with us, uh, and then you were talking about bands' goals. Oh, yeah.
2: Like, you know, it's, it's just cool to work with bands that, that just want it and, and want to be heard and, you know, and not not be like, cool, I'm stoked for your five best friends to hear this Yeah, record, you know? And so, because, again, it's as much as sometimes I think I – promote or push the record harder than some bands push their own record yeah because it's just like man like you guys are a talented band it's you guys are a good band people should hear this and Mm. it's just like i recorded it so i want people to hear this yeah and uh so
0: i can't even tell you how many times in the process of like releasing the ep and like sending it to people and like all this shit i've definitely dropped your name every single time cool so appreciate it, but yeah, I've uh, I've put it as like background music to everything. Phantom yeah. is the intro song yeah. to this, uh, so I definitely sneak it in where I can and do all that kind of stuff. We need to do an acoustic record,
3: yeah, for Christ- real. Because we I
0: want to do a Christmas record. With I don't want to do. I don't like Christmas songs. It's like I like the Charlie Brown Christmas record. Yeah, that's it.
2: So if anyone if anyone wants to do a Christmas record, I'm so down. So I had if I fail, not many people heard it because Halloween the Halloween song is dope.
0: Yeah, is that an Alkaline Trio cover?
2: It is a Misfits, Misfits cover. Me. Okay. First, Misfits did it, and then I think Alkaline Trio did it, and then If I Fail recorded Alkaline Trios.
0: Okay, so song. we were both right, Mike. Yeah. Because he said it was a Misfits song. And I said, it was Misfits or Alkaline Trio. Yeah. So. I have a
2: band coming in in November. They're called the Midnight Horrors. Mm-hmm. And they're like a, a...
0: Are they horror rock?
2: Yeah, like horror themed. But... Um, that sounds is crazy. Evan sounds... Um, what's the dude? Um, Evan's the vocalist for Midnight mm-hmm. Horrors. But who... Is it Matt Basheba? Or what's his Matt last name? Skiba? Skiba. whatever his name yeah. is. Yeah. He sounds, like, almost exactly like him.
0: Really? Yeah, he
2: actually sent me a demo of their song yesterday for off one of the, the new songs we're going to do, and I was just, like, so cool.
0: That's crazy.
2: So, But, yeah, it's totally just, like, you hear it, and it's just kind of, like, dark and Halloween. and Yeah. We start their record right right after Halloween, so.
0: Yeah. That's the cool thing about music is, like, there's... I mean, when you really break it down, like, a lot of people will just think, okay, there's rock, there's hip-hop, and there's pop. Yeah. And, like, the top shit, that all gets played on the same station. Yeah. But, like, when it branches out into, like, Viking death metal Mm -hmm. and horror rock and, you know, it gets pretty, uh, pretty dicey. But it's cool that there's so many different expressions of that kind of music yeah i still don't know what to call us because C- colton made a good point he said indie just means independent yeah and by those you know that standard or whatever a lot of bands are indie mm-hmm. so i've just been saying rock yeah I just play rock
2: music i would classify yeah I would say that's a good space rock, space rock.
0: That sounds good to me. Psychedelic rock. So is there any more advice you would give? Well, so let's do advice you would give to bands coming in and then advice you would give to people who are thinking about recording or who are recording, but need a little advice so like
2: music producers and audio engineers you mean or yeah okay um so i say for the band is just learn your parts learn your parts as well as you can and then be okay for them to change
0: <laughs> yeah definitely um, be
2: flexible yeah it's you know if if you come into the studio thinking your song is done you are gonna have a bad time in any studio eh, well that's debatable yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess
2: you're going to have a bad time with any music producer that is invested into your music yeah. and that is actually cares about your product that is your music. You know, for me, it's just like, like I said, I, I want to make it sound the best it can with whatever we got, um, mm-hmm. whether that's, you know, instrument wise, talent wise, just everything. And yeah, learn your parts as much as you can, practice as much as you can. And then be okay with them changing. That's fair, you know. Um,
0: and then market.
2: And then market. What do you mean? And then market. oh yeah, market yeah. yeah. Um,
0: That's like the whole second half.
2: Yeah, man. I think That's so many bands. Philosophy. It's like, you know, recording's expensive and and stuff like that. And but so many bands like they make their record and they're like okay cool record's done but it's just like put a grand. 1500 aside for marketing yeah you know and it's just like <clears throat> you know using Facebook um, marketing and stuff like that Instagram marketing and stuff like that and you know and buying you know it's the reality of the world is you know you you buy on to these you know like you can I'm pretty sure you could pay an alternative press to yeah. run uh, a post for you you know what I mean and it's just like yeah have that money set aside to get your album looked at, you know what I mean? And it's, you know, your band is a business and I always tell people the sooner I always tell bands, the sooner you start running your band as a business, the more successful you'll be. Yeah. And you know, so
0: a lot of got, people don't realize that promotion and stuff is half the battle. Yeah. Cause most people, they just see it as an annoying ad and you know whatever that they see but like because they just think we just record and play shows yeah and expect you know and tell them to come to all our shows yeah but no the promotion and the ads and the everything is definitely I would say half the battle at least a third of the battle live promotion and writing recording
2: yeah Well, I mean, the, I think if there's a part, I think in every band's like local band career wise, like when you get to the point where we're just like, you're not just selling your normal 10 to 12 tickets to your friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then it turns into, oh, we have fans coming. Like, I don't know you, Mm -hmm. but you like our music and you want to come to our show and you want to buy a ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's where, you know what I mean? Cause it's like your 10 to 12 friends aren't going to pay your cell phone bill. No. You know what I mean? So it's like promote your band, promote your product. That is your music, get people to come to your shows and you'll be more successful. Yeah. You know, but it all starts with that, you know, and I'm gonna plug myself. It all starts first with your product, which is your music. So whether it's with me at Han Audio or any other studio, is get it recorded and recorded well. Yeah. Because that is your product, and if it sucks, no one's gonna to want to buy it.
0: Well, it's crazy, and I'm. I don't like to call myself ignorant, but yeah. like you know, our first like full length album, yeah. it was indie rockish like lo-fi whatever but i can definitely say for anyone who's like recording at home and likes that lo-fi quality and you're like no 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 this is what we're going for you're wrong yeah because ever since we recorded with you and put out the phantom ep like the response is more of a holy shit rather than a oh yeah that's that's pretty good yeah but it's like it's definitely. I think it also changes your standards as a band because like we put out this EP and it's professional, so now we want to play a professional yeah. as well. You know what I mean? There's not this lackadaisical wiggle room. You know, mm-hmm. so I think for anyone looking for advice on that, it's imperative that you have a professional product.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I guess to put a bow on it man it's just like for bands coming in into any studios just just learn your parts learn them well and and be okay with them changing um and then yeah that once the record's done promote it and promote it well um and then as far as you know a music producer um you know coming up working with a band the best advice i can give you is is learn your craft well yeah. Um, you know, learn, um, learn how to tune drums, learn, you know, that guitar intonation and setup is key, you know, learn how to, you know, take, take vocal lessons, learn how to work with, with vocalists and, you know, helping them with melodies and yeah. helping them with harmonies and stuff like that. Cause you know, that's, that's what you're working with all the time. And if you're not good at that. How are you supposed to help someone that may not be very good at that mm-hmm. make a record?
0: I you think know. that's what definitely adds the music producer onto your audio engineer. Yeah. You know, title.
2: Yeah. And um, and don't chase. I mean, I'd like to say that every record that I do has a unique sound um, because that's the band. Yeah. Um, And I sit down with bands and I go, okay, you know, what kind of record are we making? You know, what type of sound do we want to go for? How do we want the drums to sound? How do we want the guitars to sound? You know, uh, I think that's it's so key because it's like, um, you know, you want to pump out the same sounding record with four different bands. Some people do. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people do. And my big thing is longevity. Yeah. Is, is, you know, I've been able to do this for eight years now. Um, You know, and the last four of it, I think being successful in my eyes. Um, But I think it all starts with, you know, giving a unique sound to whatever band I'm working with, you know. Yeah, I have, you know, my go-tos and what I think are starting points, but, yeah, you know, every band is different. Every band sounds different. Yeah.
0: I think and correct me if I'm wrong, but the you doing an internship with that, Hmm. what was it called? Spiked audio, spiked audio, as opposed to just going to, um, university of Colorado, Denver or whatever for recording arts, no disrespect to them, but like, I feel like (laughs) I want to say this, right? So you definitely learned a unique way to panders the wrong word, but to work with the band to develop their sound and do their thing and make it their record as opposed to learning how to record what to do and just doing that same process every time. Like it's a fucking science experiment and just pushing it out. Yeah.
2: You know, and I look at the, You know, the superior drummers and like the get good drum stuff, which they all sound great and they're all, you know, awesome for writing and stuff like that. And they're great for what I call the bedroom producer, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but my thing is just like, why run a preset that someone else in the world can run the same exact preset? Yeah. You know, it's it's like getting
0: tattoos.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, um, and my thing is just like, that's why I always, unless for some un, for some stupid reason, you know, we will always record real drums. Yeah. You know, always, Thank God. you know, yeah, always use, uh, you know, amps and and cabinets and stuff like that because it's just like, you know, someone else can't recreate. I mean, you could probably get pretty close, but... You know, you're not going to recreate the drum sound that my room has, you know, yeah. or, um, you know, the way I mic'd the guitar cabinet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the Kempers and the Axe Effects and, you know, all of the MIDI drum stuff, it's, it's all great tools and they all sound awesome, you know, but I think just for me and the way I want to make music is I want to, you know, be as unique as possible. And try to...
0: audio is about that next level. Yes. Cut those midi drums. Cut that lo-fi surf rock bullshit. Record it on audio. <laughs> cut the bullshit. Get real. Um, the people on your live probably saw that I was going to be on. They were like, oh, God, not again.
2: Right? Ryan from Feud just says, Taylor's 100% on the money. Hell yeah. I love you, Ryan. Um, but... Yeah, it's, you know, you want to be able to, you want to have your sound. You know, the bands that we've grown up listening to, it's, you know, you love those records because they're their sound. Definitely. You know, and I always tell every band I that, you know, that comes in, it's, it's, I, I ask them, like, okay, what are your some of your favorite guitar tones? You know, what are your, some of your favorite drum tones for the drummer? And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, how do we take those drum tones that you like and the guitar tones that you like, but how do we make them, your band yeah you know and how do we make it your sound so
0: that's very important you know and so so what are the uh what are the plans for Han audio i know we've talked a couple times about you looking into getting a different space and yeah, all that cool. kind of stuff where are you at right now
2: we will uh we will be in a new studio next year i'm excited about that i'm gonna i'll keep it hushed for last now last year well yeah it dude, it it's it's colorado it's colorado yeah. and it's yeah but yeah we'll be in a new spot next year i'm excited about that do you uh, know
0: like roughly where i say have you picked a place i'm out. not even gonna say i'm
2: just saying we'll be in a new spot next year
0: come on no it's just my little podcast you could say dude we got viewers you could say we have viewers fine
2: but no, we'll be I'll be talking about that very soon.
0: You could come back on the podcast and talk about it.
2: Maybe we can do it in the studio.
0: Hell yeah, with your microphone. Yeah, we'll
2: drop the U87 in here.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Um, um what's next, man? It's got a busy got a busy uh got a busy winter coming up, man. It's got the Midnight um Horror Record coming up for November. And then, uh got a few projects that um coming in this winter that I can't say, but they'll be they'll be cool, yeah, so but it looks good um nice. be getting some some new gear next year, some different microphone stuff, so I'm excited about that.
0: Are you still adding to the? You know that thing you got like the first one when we recorded with you
2: the mothership the burl audio is that what it is that yeah. it's like
0: a thousand dollars per yeah line or it's something?
2: those yeah. are the converters that i run so shout out to burl audio um
0: sponsor this guy
2: yeah um but no man i love those converters um but yeah they are they're expensive they're about yeah. for like an eight channel um an eight-channel in er, output card. I think it's like sixteen hundred bucks.
0: They've definitely upped the the quality and everything. For oh sure. yeah,
2: it's there's they're killer. There's some of the best converters yeah. you could possibly get out there right now. Yeah,
0: they're
1: super
2: dope. Um, but man, I really for you um, music nerds out there a Telefunken two fifty one like. What is that? It's just one of the best mics in the world that you could possibly get.
0: Is it like $5,000? Keep going. $10,000? Pretty close. $8,750? Yeah. A little little more. $11,241? Less than that. It's 9400 That was close. But it's... You like how I just pulled those numbers out? I'm good at that. Yeah, you
2: are. Um, but yeah, uh, looking to either the, the Telefunken 251 or like a U47, um, something that just gives a bigger vocal feel. Yeah. Um, like when you hear like the Dave Grohl's, the Dave Grohl's, like I said that plural, but like a lot of Dave Grohl's like vocals and stuff like that. Um, you know, he uses a 251, you know, Adele's, I think on a U47,
0: a lot of oomph.
2: Yeah. Just sound killer. It'll my U eighty seven is amazing, but those two mics will Yeah. Trash on a U eighty seven. Nice. <laughs> so, um but yeah man, just being in the new spot and yeah, a lot of a lot of fun projects coming up. Uh, so excited.
0: Awesome. Well, what song should we uh should we play to take us out? What song do you feel like playing? Uh, Hopefully in like the local-ish area because, you know, I got to either get permission or if it's one of our songs, then, you know. When are we
2: posting this podcast?
0: I was going to post it either tonight or tomorrow.
2: I don't think they have. Yeah, he might still have it. I might still even have it. But the Halloween song by If I Fail yeah. seems fitting.
0: It's on iTunes, right?
2: I don't think so. It's not? Yeah, they didn't. I don't know why they did should. It's like not even on Spotify. Really? Yeah. Bandcamp, it's maybe? On, I think it's just on YouTube.
0: Damn. Well, I, that's a really good idea, though. I so will hit up... Uh, hit up Marcus. Yeah, I'll hit up Marcus. That'd be a that. fun
2: one. Um...
0: It's called Halloween, right? Yes. Yeah. Originally by the Misfits, redone by Alkaline Trio, and the redone. version you are going to hear at the end of this podcast is by If I Fail. Yes. Right on. Well, thank you for coming and doing my podcast. Absolutely. Dude. Lucky number seven. All right. It was fun. Yeah. Right. I had a blast. All right. Cool. Well, thank you. And uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's it. Don't Start a Band, episode number seven. And this is Halloween, covered by If I Fail.
3: Wires burning bright, pumpkin faces in the night, I remember Halloween. Dead cats hanging from poles, little dead out in droves, I remember Halloween. Brown-leaved vertigo, where skeletal life is known. soon in grace.